Oh man, Max, I almost got done sharing with the show on all the groups that I wanted to share it in just before we came live. It's always a race. Dang, so close this week. How's everybody doing tonight? Welcome into the bunker of the Rod Peterson Show. This is the Squadcast. The well, basement of the bunker. The basement of the bunker. What did I say? You said the bunker. The bunker of the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah. That's, Same idea. Okay. You saw the intro. We went downstairs into the bunker, into the under, underground bomb shelter that is at the Rod Peterson Show Studios. Okay, sure. It's the same idea, right? Kind of. I don't know. Maybe. But welcome. We welcome all of our fans, uh, this, the squad, the fanalists into the studio here tonight. I'm producer Clark. I'm here with Mad Max, and we're going to break down some of the biggest news going around the world of sports right now. Uh, we have some big news in the NHL to go over. Uh, we have some big news in the Lou Marsh Award ceremonies mm. to go over yep. that we're going to debate a little bit here uh, and of course we are brought to you by Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. Uh, Roxanne and Darnell just got some new office digs over there. Did yeah, you see the post? Yeah, things are looking good on Facebook. Yeah, they yeah. just uh, upgraded their office a little bit, so they're they're setting up. They're getting ready for another busy season. Uh, and if you need help figuring out what you need for your business and how to get it, they can do it for you. So make sure you head over there to uh, the Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions website and check out all the information you might need. Uh, shout out to Rod Peterson checking in tonight. He shared the show. He wants that twenty-five dollars gift card do you have the gift card i do have the gift card do you want to just right? wave that around oh, look at that oh. rod peterson wants that he He's wants like a that Willy Wonka uh, golden ticket 25 dollars gift card to ballers rec room by liking sharing and commenting like crazy tonight uh my father slash maybe my mother watching from out near lumsden what are you doing out near yeah, lumsden you, you guys yeah did you fall down the hill or what <laughs> what are you doing out at lumsden it's a, it's a long fall from regina yeah big time big time fall um before we get into the show breakdown, Max, mm -hmm. uh, we talked about the Ballers Rec Room gift card that we're giving away tonight, but I just wanted to give a big personal thank you to NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman. Max, after last week, I, you know, I had that conversation on the phone with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Yeah. Um, after our rant, my rant, well, our rant, but mm -hmm. last week we said, hey, NHL, like, what are you doing? Like, you're not telling us anything. And you got Gary himself calling you. On yeah, your so after last week's episode, Gary, uh, Gary Bettman gave me a call, and he said, Hey, uh, I personally saw your video uh, calling us out, nice. and I just wanted to let you know that, that we will be announcing some news around coming returning to play very soon in the NHL. Nice. Uh, thank you for calling us out on our own stuff. Yeah. And... Uh, and, you know, so I just wanted to give a, a shout out to Gary Bettman for giving me a call personally the commission, uh, right? after last week's show and, and doing that for us. I mean, that was right. kind of a big deal. And that's huge. Obviously, we were the catalysts for that. Absolutely. So. Inspired good job, Max. Through through. Thank uh, you very Max, much. you got the breakdown. Give it to me. I do. Hi ho. Hi ho, Clark. Uh -oh. It's off to Edmonton and Winnipeg we go. The NHL is seemingly ready to announce a start date as we continue to make our way through the Canadian NHL city slate. Okay. The Jays continue to be rumored to make a serious move or two or three while the Lou Marsh Award was handed out and co-winners in 2020 it will be. Yep. Week 13 in the NFL is nearly in the books. With this week's results, the power, the power rankings will likely have some different looks. Yes, sir. The Washington football team ends the Steelers' unbeaten streak as producer Clark's hopes for winning our squad <laughs> select season battle are oh. starting to look pretty bleak. Dustin. That's we're gonna have to talk about that later. We will have to talk about that. We have later. we have a we have a referendum coming up on squad select. We're literally select. changing the game, folks. Yeah, stay tuned for the end of the show. This is gonna be interesting. But Dustin Nielsen stops by to talk Oilers and stuff, while Sean Reynolds in the peg chimes in and the Jets offseason. Did they do enough? Ooh, it's shaping. I didn't know up. where you're gonna go with stuff. On I that didn't one. either for a second. It's a good thing I wrote it down. 
good. It's shaping up to be another jam-packed show. Already, episode 10 of the Squadcast. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, hashtag let's go. Chad Stallard's watching. Speaking hashtag of, let's go. That's his personal slogan. He wants us to change our slogan to hashtag let's go. Hashtag and I was let's like, go. Sure. You know what? For tonight, Chad Stallard. Anything for Chad. Uh, Tanner Ring chiming in. My hair. Got a haircut today. Good zoom in, Jordan. Perfect timing. Man. Uh, like you know, just showing off weeks. the hair. Yeah. Well, this was five weeks, you, actually. You're like a Falcon's win once every five Ugh, weeks, eh? Man. You, you have to oh. do... Um, as always, ask us anything. Kayla, if you can throw up the ask us anything graphic, please. Throughout the show, send in your comments now, uh, and we will get through them throughout the show as they come up. Um, so ask us anything, and we will get to them throughout the evening. Let's start off with our topic number one. Actually, first off, can we just go back? Kayla, can you put the uh, NHL tour picture up, please? This is tonight's episode. We are going into part two of our NHL tour Did across Canada. Did you say anything about getting us a bus for this tour on, on the call by chance? Ooh, no, he didn't. No. He didn't mention that. No, oh. we're going to have to work on that on our own. All right. Uh, so okay. Dustin Nielsen's coming in from Edmonton. That's TSN 1260. Sean Reynolds, Hockey Night in Canada reporter out of Winnipeg, is going to be joining us later in the show. Dustin Nielsen's first up in our next segment following our commercial break. Uh, if you can now put up, I think I put an NHL graphic after that. Did I not? Did I prepare the show correctly yes i did thank you nice we came out obviously the other day with some big news uh mostly out of darren drager Mm -hmm. pierre lebrun filling in elliot friedman had some tidbits but this tweet from darren drager there is a working agreement between the nhl and nhlpa the economic proposal the nhl made to the nhl PA, this is a lot of NHL. It's a lot of NHL. A few weeks ago was a standalone and isn't tied to season logistics. This is how both sides move to get the season going. And there was another tweet as well. I didn't put it in. But basically where we're going with this is that the NHL and the Players Association have essentially agreed to start the season on January 13th. And this is amazing news for everybody. Uh, now, they haven't come out with a ton of details, I don't believe, about like fans and stands yeah. and and exact schedule yet, but mm-hmm. it seems as though they have an agreement in place. And mm-hmm. of course, like Darren Drager says on that tweet, it appears as though January 13th is a start. Max, you have a few details that you saw in a Sportsnet uh, tweet. Can yeah, you just... a tweet from 590 The Fan. I want to thank Nick Alberga. I think he gave a little retweet to this. It, it caught my eye a little bit. So we're looking at non-playoff teams, right? So if you're one of the seven, I believe it was seven, right? 24 teams in the yeah. expanded playoffs. Jeez, it feels like a lifetime ago. Man. But seven, one of those seven teams, you're going to get going uh, in camp a little bit before the new year, December 28th. I'm not too sure why that extra three days. Yeah, why for non-playoff teams? Just because they started. Competitive thing. Mm. Who knows? Either way. Uh, And then if you, by chance, even got into the play-ins or marched all all the way through uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're going to get going between January 1st and 3rd. I can't imagine too many teams are going to have guys showing up on New Year's Day, obviously a big family day and all that fun stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, January 2nd, 3rd, 1st to 3rd, whatever it is. And then we're going to see puck drop on January 13th, no exhibition games. At least that's what we're hearing right now. Yeah, and honestly, why would you? Exactly. Just get into it. 10 days. And guys are already skating. Yeah. This is what I'm seeing on Nashville Predators Instagram every day. The boys are looking great in gold. They're going to be ready for the cup run here. But anyways, no, that's neither here nor there. A lot of guys getting prepped up overseas, whatever it may be. Uh, guys are coming back. Nico Heischer, there was a nice little tweet out about yep. him coming back from Switzerland. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get hockey back right at the start of the new year nearly. So, I mean, 13 days off the pace. It was looking really bleak, Clark. I wasn't sure if we were going to get something no. until February. And, but and, and you started seeing those. a lot of the pundits coming out and saying, you know, I think it's February now. And yeah. we we're all like, oh, no, February is going to turn into not happening at all. Yeah. And now January 13th comes out. So that at least gives us 
a target, and mm -hmm. uh, we're now looking forward to schedule releases and all the rest. But the one thing that stood out to me, Max, is how is this going to affect the World Juniors? Yeah. And not that the World Juniors is like something the NHL really cares about. Let's be mm -hmm. real. They're worried about their own season. They don't care Absolutely. about the World Juniors. But what we've seen is that a lot of teams were loaning players to the World Junior camps mm -hmm contingent of when their camps were going to be starting. Exactly. So what we saw the other day was that I believe the Devils general manager came mm -hmm. out and said Jack Hughes is not going. Mm -hmm. He is staying in our camp. Yep. Uh, there was also Alexis Lafreniere has been basically said that he's not going nope. from the Rangers camp, uh, which leads me to believe Capo Caco won't be going for Finland. Yeah. Uh, now the other thing too, just to touch on the World Juniors for a sec, uh, Canada starting their practices up as of tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, they're resuming their camp after being in quarantine for 14 days. I've seen a lot of struggles out of international countries like Sweden. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I saw a few Czech Republic players, some Russian players, I think. A lot of these players are getting COVID, and they're not coming anymore. No, exactly. I don't know if you saw that, Max, but three mm -hmm. Swedish players came out today and tested positive uh, among some other players in other countries, like I mentioned. Mm -hmm. So there it's not it's not settled yet that the world juniors are happening no exactly right and when it comes down to it at the end of the day right safety above all for especially these young kids right yeah they're just starting out potentially their pro careers for some of them there's junior implications there's just so much that goes into this tournament right hopefully we get through it relatively unscathed but at the same time right it's just like anything in 2020 it's it begs the question is, is there an asterisk, right? Is yeah. if, if a couple of big names are removed from some lineups, right? If Yaroslav Askarov can't go for Russia or if Kirby doc gets recalled by the Blackhawks, we right. still don't know how that situation's going to unfold. So it's going to be interesting. I'm still really, really excited regardless of who suits up for Canada. The tournament is what means the most to me for world junior time. So yeah. I personally can't wait to get it going. And uh, at the end of the day, hopefully these kids are just all uh, staying safe and healthy and, at the end of the day, let's just drop the puck. I'm just excited to drop the puck in any sort of which way. Yeah, and Max, you, you know a place that has been back in action for a long time? No. You heard about this? Hoop Life Basketball? Hey! hey what, nice sweater, by the way, Hoop Max. Life basketball. Look at Max's said. sweater. You don't say, hey. Now, Hoop Life is a good partner of ours, and they are the place that you want to be if you want to get better, better at basketball uh, this offseason or, well, during the season. Is there an offseason for basketball? HoopLifeBasketball.com. Use promo code SQUAD10 for 10% off all camps, sessions, and apparel, like what Max is wearing, and they have a ton more stuff, too. Like, that's so much that's just stuff. the tip of the iceberg, really. So much. Um and with Christmas coming up, that basketball player in your life is going to love it. Oh, look at this. Thanks, Jordan. Getting creative. Jordan. Taking some creative uh, freedoms back there, huh? Jordan must be well-fed tonight. Oh. <laughs> he had a few oranges before, a few the, show. Oranges before the show. Uh, <laughs> he's got that vitamin C pumping through his veins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, <laughs> get a Hoop Life gift card or hoodie in, the, in your kid's stocking this Christmas, and they're going to love you for it. So yep. HoopLifeBasketball.com, and make sure you use promo code SQUAD10. SQUAD10, 10% off. Our second... Savings. Yes, our second topic. You can throw up the Lou Marsh Award graphic, please, Kayla. Of course, the Lou Marsh Award was announced today. That is top athlete in Canada, and it was co-awarded to yeah. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif and Alfonso Davies. Um, of course, the Super Bowl champion on the left, the five-time champion in soccer on the right. Just this year alone. <laughs> so he won, what, MLS championship with TFC? Did they mm -hmm. win? And then he went overseas. He won, did an, he won an international thing. He won a whole lot of trophies this year. That's Bundesliga in Germany, the Champions League or something, and one other. He won five championships. It was a lot. He's 19 years old, people, yeah. or something along those lines. He's not that old. 
And so we had an argument today. Well, not so much an argument, but Rod and Darren on the Rod Peterson show mm-hmm. earlier today debated. Um, this was before the award was announced. They yes. debated who should win. And uh, they both said that it's a personal uh, sporting achievement Med, uh, award. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be for goodwill. It's right. not a goodwill award. It's not a humanitarian award. So now, while I will be the first one to line up to congratulate Laurent Duvernay Tardif on everything he's done, there it is unspoken how how courageous it is for him to drop the NFL and become a doctor. Walk away from how much, three million bucks this year in a guaranteed contract. Yeah. Oh, I think he signed a bigger extension than he that. He signed even. an extension. I, I'm just reading here. It said 2.75 oh, okay. is, uh, or deferred 2.75 yeah. in U.S. salary. Either way, yeah. he was a starting offensive lineman on the, on the Super Bowl champion, Chiefs. And then he decides to, you know what, I'm hanging it up. I'm going to be a doctor and help out the pandemic situation. So, yes, 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 I get it. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. But he was a offensive lineman, potentially not even a full-time starter on mm-hmm. the team that played that was in January. Right. And then nothing else. In February. Nothing else the rest of the year. Okay. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. But Alfonso <laughs> Davies, what he's done in the world of soccer has been absolutely unprecedented, especially for a 19-year-old Canadian kid yeah. to do what he's done in this year and have to split the award for it. I saw a tweet, and I, I, I'm apologizing to the guy who tweeted it. He was a soccer guy, so I read his bio. Mm-hmm. And he said, if Alfonso Davies was a hockey player, there would be zero discussion on who wins this yeah. award. So, Max, you wanted to just kind of go back and forth a little bit on why you're okay with it being co-winners, and go ahead. Yeah, well, and at the end of the day, it's it's kind of justi- tough to justify it for both ways. Like you said, amazing accomplishments for each of them. Do you split the award? We were joking back and forth. It's kind of the Canadian thing Super to do. Canadian, sure. <laughs> it's been done three times in the history of the awards, so I mean... It, if there was going to be a year, especially a crazy one like we've just had, yeah. why not this year, right? Duverne, Duverne Tardif, is that the best way to pronounce Pretty it? Pretty good. I hope so. Yep. Anyways, when you look at his accomplishments, he's the fourth NFL player from Canada that's not a punter or a kicker to win a Super Bowl. Okay. And like you said, like starting on the offensive line protecting Patrick Mahomes, I mean, that's, that's no small feat for a Canadian, right? At the end of the day, he... He did what he, I guess, set out to do athletically. And then, yes, humanitarian-wise, but I guess that's kind of funny when it comes down to who's voting in this process. It's, I guess, maybe that appealed to the voters, right? I mean, maybe they took the athletics and were like, yeah, okay, maybe that's, especially in this year Mm -hmm. where athletics hasn't meant quite as much. Yeah. I mean, for some ways. But, uh, yeah, it's at the end of the day, there's an award split. But as you mentioned, yeah, when you go through the list of, of Davy's accomplishments at 19 years old. Yeah, it's it's hard to see why Duvernay Tardif's name is on there, but it's also not hard because yeah. of what he's done off the field too. No, and that's exactly it. So my argument today, and I've seen it on Twitter, it's not my original argument necessarily, mm-hmm. but you know, give give LDT LDT the Order of Canada. Give him give him a key to the country, give him a All key right. to the city, mm-hmm. uh, do something else for him, give him some sort of like Medal of Honor. But the Loon Marsh is for outstanding sport achievement. And uh, it's I guess it's tough, too, because Duvernay Tardif was on a, a team sport. Mm-hmm. And Alfonso Davies, although he's in a team sport, 
was is was one of, it was in the spotlight at all times. He was yeah. he was the guy who scored the goals. He was the guy who did this right. He had that personal achievement in terms of stats. Starting for Bayern Munich, like that's that's a team like again. You're a big soccer buff. Bayern Munich is a squad. Yeah, you're and again, Canadian kid, and that's never been done. So that's that's where we're gonna leave that one. We're moving into our Vigor fan vote now. Uh, I guess chime in, comment now. Um, do you agree with the split on the Lou Marsh Award or not? But uh, we'll talk about that later in the night. As well, but we're going to our Vigor fan vote. So this week on the Vigor fan vote, again, Twitter polls just don't seem to want to work for us. Friggin' Twitter, man. So yeah. we got a winner, but I don't know how legitimate it was. But we put in uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. The boxing match got announced. It's going to be a talking point for. A we'll while. talk about that down the road. It didn't win, and we might get into it next segment. Actually, possibly. Uh, the, will the Blue Jays make a move? Will something happen in baseball? That was topic number two for hey, voting. Lance Lynn got traded in the middle of the night last night. Yeah, I know. Night. Stuff sure. is starting to happen, Max. You texted me like 11.30. I know. I was sleeping. World Junior Hockey Team, Canada coming back into action. And, of course, Clark on the Leafs, which never wins. I voted for you. I voted for myself again. Thank you to the other like two or three people that vote for it every week. You but... never thank me for voting for it. But that's fine. <sighs> I try. Well, until it happens, I'll, I'll thank you later. But we okay. Blue Jays, Blue Jays, are you going to do something? They uh, they obviously won the vote. Mm-hmm. We got about three or four or five minutes here, Max. Yep. So one thing we talked about just before the show was that it seems like everything's kind of coming full circle when it comes to Jays rumors because we started hearing it started off with Trevor Bauer tweeted about coming to Toronto, right? Yeah, I haven't heard his name in a while. Then it was Francisco Lindor trade rumors Dude, and that was huge. That, that was weeks ago. That was when was. we had Arash Madani on the show, was which was weeks ago. ago. So we had that rumor coming out. Then it was George Springer. Then it was uh, insert name here. DJ yeah, you, LeMahieu. You, you pit anybody on the free agent or trade block, the Jays have been connected to. Remember Justin Turner and Michael Brantley? They yeah. were linked. So Mike uh, Fires. Colton Wong, Mike Fires, I saw today. Yeah. So everybody's name has been mentioned. One name that never got mentioned. Never. Except because on it, this show. We Give mentioned it, but I mentioned it as an unrealistic option. Mm-hmm. Was JT Real Muto. Now, he's the top catcher position, top-ranked catcher in the free agency, probably the top catcher in Major League Baseball. Yeah, hard to think of a name. Outside. In terms of offensive yeah. production and defensive yeah. skills, probably the best defense, or defenseman catcher in baseball. Uh, and he was never... He was touted as a guy who would fit what the Jays need ex- mm-hmm. ex- like extremely well. Yeah. But... He was going to be the highest paid catcher in baseball, so it was just kind of like, well, they won't they won't go after him. They'll do something else. Uh, they have young catchers. They have Danny Jansen. They have Reese McGuire, Alejandro Kirk. They've got three young guys. They won't go after JT Romito. Recently, in couple in the last couple of days, Max, I've noticed a lot of Sportsnet people coming out, specifically Sportsnet, saying. You know, JT Real Muto would be a really good fit. What do you guys think? What do you think about JT Real Muto in Toronto? And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are they trying to say here? Yeah. Is there some sort of inside Rogers thing going on with the Jays? Exclusive mm. coverage. Maybe they know something. Maybe they're <laughs> floating it out into the fan base to see what Possibly. kind of reaction they get. Do you, are you guys okay if we overpay a catcher? Hmm. So what do you think, Max? JT Real Muto, would he be the best out of all of the free agents in terms of fit? It was funny. We were looking at his numbers before the show, right? And I think JT Real Muto's name is not really a household one amongst Jays fans because he's played in the NL for his entire career. Marlins, Phillies. We saw Francisco Lindor beat us in our own barn in 2016. That was when Cleveland, Mm -hmm. I don't, uh, did they sweep us? Either way, it was not a good result at the end of that series. Didn't end But Francisco Lindor has kind of been in the forefront of some Jays fans' minds and they know what he can do playing in the same league, playing against the Jays a little bit more. When you look at JT Real Muto and what he could 
could bring not only on the defensive side of the ball, but for an offense, like for the offense he provides as far as a catcher is concerned. We'll just go through the numbers really, really quickly here. Uh, in his last full season, 2019, his first for the Phillies, 25 home runs, 83 RBIs, uh, nine stolen bases for a catcher. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just to interrupt you, Kayla, yeah. I think we have a, a graphic for this portion, the mm-hmm. baseball portion. I think there's three baseball players. Pretty nice little picture. Also, let me know when there Dustin Nielsen's logged in, guys. If he's in, he's logged in. Okay, Fantastic. we'll get to him right away. Dustin, Anyways, hang tight. Hitting 275. I yeah. think if you're the Jays, you have no reason not to maybe push this guy to the front of your priority list if you think you even have a reasonable shot at getting him. Yeah, Francisco Lindor would be amazing. We've got Bo Bichette at short. But when you look at what Danny Jansen was not able to do last year, what he's been hyped to do, you need somebody. You need that other end of the battery, especially for a veteran pitching staff, which the Jays are hoping to boast. You've got Hyunjin Ryu. You've got Robbie Ray. You've got some older names there. So I would love to see a great battery mate for them. Let's just bring in in all three of those guys yeah that sounds great why not you know what that looks like that looks like if you if you look really closely into jt's eyes it looks like a world series trophy in there sure that's what it looks now, like the one thing the one thing three. that threw me off when i was looking at this graphic earlier mm-hmm. is that he's wearing a infielding glove yeah and i was like wait hold on did jt room you to play first possibly yeah then, just gonna then say, you yeah. just solved more problems than anything exactly now you got three catchers. JT Real Muto can move to first every once in a while. Vladdy's going to play third. Man, so we're, he's a utility guy on top of it. We're solving the world's problems here, Max. We really are. This topic, of course, uh, was brought to you by Vigor Lifestyles. Vigor.ca. That's V I G R.ca. Mm-hmm. You can see it on the screen right here. Vigor Lifestyles. Uh, to check out their full lineup of natural health and healing supplements, including the amazing Elk Velvet Antler, which both Max and I have been taking. It's amazing. I also gave a bottle to my dad. I don't know if you heard. Good dad, give me the report in the comments section, yep. please, if you didn't log out and stop watching. <laughs> I hope weird. he's still supporting me. That'd I be so. That'd be great if my father supported me and That's still watched. That's going to be a tough conversation at Christmas if he isn't. <laughs> Jordan, can you not right now? Like... <laughs> Just leave the... <laughs> oh, no, he did it. He did it. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about it later, fan, fanalists, squad cast people. Uh, Elk Velvet Antler is an adaptogen. Uh, it's an extremely powerful ancient medicine that will take effect the first time you use it and adapt to what your body needs. So that's going to be a vigor.ca, uh, and we're going to leave the father jokes out of it uh, yes, until later in the show. We're going to a break. <laughs> We're going, we need a break. We need a break. Dustin Nielsen from TSN 1260 is coming up right after the break. We're going to be diving into the Oilers. Stay tuned. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain from PO creation to expediting your shipments all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Everyday hoop life. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. 
Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Find us at ddgregina.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event. Event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. All right, welcome back. Producer Clark here with Mad Max. We're getting into our second segment of the show here. Uh, we're just going to read a couple of fan comments here before we get into our live guest uh, coming at us from Edmonton. Rod and Kerry Monroe, my father, yeah. still supporting me, says, bring on the World Juniors. Chad Stallard, let's go. Chad let's go. Stallard says, that a boy Maxwell said. I think that was about the World Juniors we, deci we decided. I think so. Uh, Janelle Barkman says, I 100% agree with you. See. Got a nickname. Got a nickname. Thanks, Janelle. Appreciate that. Believe that was about the Lou Marsh Award. Mm -hmm. Jamie Anstey chiming in from Halifax. Mad Max jinxed the Bears for picking the Lions on Sunday. I hate the Bears. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, Jamie. You know what? And and for good reason, obviously. Jamie, stay tuned because I'm going to vent about how terrible <laughs> oh, yo. the squad cast has been for me this year. My NFL picks have been just, everything's gone wrong. Yeah. And Max is, is soaring away with this, and we're going to have to change something. Something's going to change. Just changing the entirety of the rules. It's yeah, we're changing the entire thing this week. <laughs> so stay tuned for the end of the show. Uh, before we get on to our next thing here, remember to, reminder to like and share the episode tonight and comment like crazy because every time you comment, you're entered to win a Ballers gift card. Now, Jamie Anstey won't be winning it because nope. he's out in Halifax. But if you're in and around the Regina area, you have a chance. Mm -hmm. Janelle Barkman, you're in Saskatoon. You come down to Regina every once in a while. You might be able to win this. So make sure loving his. I know that. Yeah, Schultz. Yeah. Did he use it yet? Do you know? I don't know if he's used it quite yet. I guess it's Tuesday and I gave it to him Sunday. Yeah, that's fine. He will use it. But for now, we are heading into part two. We are officially launching part two of our Canadian NHL preview tour. And we're heading to oil country as we bring in the host of the Nielsen Show on TSN 1260 in Edmonton, among many other podcasts and projects and, and oil streams and all these sorts of things. Dustin Nielsen. Dustin, how's everything going today? Yeah, I'm doing all right, boys. How are you? Oh, I'm doing Fantastic. fine. We're, uh, we're super happy to have you on here because we're going to dive into the Oilers really quickly here, Dustin. But just before we do, I was scrolling your Twitter earlier today and, and something caught my eye. And uh, I just want to ask you why Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather is the best thing for boxing right now. 
Oh no! <laughs> Shouldn't have gone there. <laughs> it's the worst possible thing for boxing. Like this is where we're at with boxing now, where you've got and let let like let's be honest here. Floyd May- Mayweather is a human piece of trash, but from a <laughs> boxing level, I mean, he's one of, if not the greatest boxer of all time, and he's gonna fight some YouTuber who's had one fight against a fellow YouTuber, and he lost it. Like he didn't even win the fight against the other streamer, and now he gets to fight Floyd Mayweather, and I don't care if it's exhibition or not like i'm I'm totally on board with like celebrities fighting celebrities like i would love to see jose canseco fight one of the paul brothers give me that i'll watch that but to have one of the greatest boxers of all time fight one of these clowns like it just doesn't it just like boxing's got to be better than this i wish it was better than this and apparently right now it's not which is frustrating Dustin, how much money do you have in your savings account? Because I think we got to get Jose Canseco against the Paul brothers going in a in a fatal three way match fatal or something like that. Match. Yeah, <laughs> Just Give, put him in a cage wants and let it, him man. Go. Like he wants to make this happen. Let's do it. Like I'm ready I'm- for that. I'm in. Now we're going to get into the Oilers, uh, Dustin. Now, just have a look at your screen. Kayla's going to throw up a uh, off-season recap, if you will, to this point uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, Kayla, once you get that up there, are you guys paying attention back there? There, there, there it is. There it is. And I'll just say so, this. Can I just say this? You guys' graphics are on point. Like, I love the way that this thing looks right now. This is you awesome. like the old-school TVs, the tube TVs that we got going on here? Kind of for the guest calls. I like it. It's been it's good fun. Stuff. Yeah, this looks like every house that I ever had until I was like 30 with these types of TVs. So <laughs> that's kind great. of the that was kind of the design that's, plan. That's what we were after. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, throw that graphic back up here, guys. Let's get into it. The Oilers last year ended with a 37, 25, and 9 record for 83 points. They're heading into next season with a hypothetical zero dollars in cap space. Uh, they've added guys like Kyle Turris. I'm putting Jesse Pugliarvi on this list, and we'll get into that in a sec here, Dustin. Dominic Cahoon, Tyson Berry, of course, who's featured in the the image there. Uh, Anton Forsberg and net as for a depth goaltender. And they brought back, of course, Mike Smith, which I didn't include, but they've lost Marcus Granlund. Mike Green retired. Thomas Yurko is gone. Your boy. Uh, Andreas Athanasiu. Benning's gone. Sheehan is currently unsigned. Uh, they're coming back with Leon Dreisaitl, of course, who led their team and the league in scoring last year. And their top draft pick was Dylan Holloway with the 14th pick. Let's bring Dustin back in. Dustin, when I go over that list, who strikes you first off as either subtract, subtraction or addition that might have the biggest impact on this team going forward? Just quickly, I'll start with the subtractions. And to be honest with you, I don't really think they lost much. Like if, you know, as you lay out that group of guys that they lost, Athanasiu they brought in and the trade doesn't look good, but he really didn't bring anything to the table. Riley Shahan was an okay penalty killer, but I really don't think they, they lost much. Uh, as far as what they're getting and, and who they're bringing in, I think the answer has to be Tyson Berry, especially with Oscar Clefbaum being out. I mean, Oscar Clefbaum being out uh, has obviously freed up some space for them to get Tyson Berry. And Tyson Berry, in my opinion, is one of the best power play defensemen in the National Hockey League, and now he's going to have a chance to be on the best power play in the National Hockey League. So it, it, you can look at it and go, wow, Tyson Berry's going to make that power play even better. But their power play last year was like all-time good. It was one of the best ever. Uh, so if you got McDavid and Dreisaitl, uh, you know, the power play should still be good. So I'm sure Barry will put up a ton of points there. What will be interesting for me is what he does five on five because they're going to need him to carry top four minutes five on five the right side right now is adam larson who could have some tough matchups uh he could be that guy that gets out there quite a bit against some of the other team's top guys uh ethan bear obviously had a great season last year and then you got tyson berry so the right side is interesting because how do they find ice time for everybody five on five 
And, and if they can, if they can get a good season five on five out of Tyson Berry, I think that helps take that blue line to the next level. So they'll need more than just power play contributions from him. And if he's capable of that, I think he puts this team in a pretty decent spot. Nice. And you know what, too, Dustin, when you look at this team, right, it's it's McDavid Dreisel. It's kind of been the narrative for the last couple of years. They're very top heavy and it's a nuclear nuclear weapon when you put them together and essentially on five on five. Right. You've got them on the power play together. But for this team to truly reach its peak, does Dave Tippett have to, I guess, split them up? Do, do they have to find a way to be able to play the full season, I guess, with those two split? Or again, do you just go with the nuclear weapon and commit to it for an entire season? Kayla, maybe before we get into this answer from Dustin, can you just mm-hmm. put the hypothetical lines up that I have there, Edmonton lines? This is from Daily Faceoff, Dustin. Love so hypothetical lines. Oh, I know. <laughs> this Don't take this as what it is, but this is just from Daily Faceoff, mm-hmm. so this could be a potential option. Now, you're probably going to switch this around, but go ahead now and talk about the, the lines here. Yeah, like if if you look at it, I mean, from as far as stacking McDavid and Drysaddle, um, what we realized under Dave Tippett last, through last year, I mean, Tippett got to a point where he just decided that this team, if they're going to be successful, they're going to have to have McDavid and Drysaddle on different lines, and that's that's what they managed to uh, that's what they managed to do last year. And in fact, you know, the Drysaddle Yamamoto Nugent Hopkins line when united was one of, if not the best in the National Hockey League after January up until the shutdown last year. And then in the playoffs, in the bubble when they resumed, uh, Dave Tippett did not go back to it until there were seven minutes left in the final game. He wanted to get Nugent Hopkins and Connor McDavid going to have two legitimate scoring lines. Now, any line that McDavid's on is a legitimate scoring line, but he's trying to get that winger putting Ryan Nugent Hopkins on that left side. So I would think that's probably how it starts again. And if you if we bring that line combination back up, I mean, yeah, I we can, can kind of lay it out for you very quickly with, with Dreisaitl. And it'll be interesting to see uh, Dreisaitl will have Yamamoto on the right side. Like that's one duo that we would know. And then you'll have McDavid with Nugent Hopkins on the left side. Dominic Cahoon, and Cahoon as you see here, likely gets the first shot considering he's buddies and him and Dreisaitl just have some natural chemistry together. The interesting spot in this top six will be up on the right side with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins because Zach Cassian will probably, like in the dream world for me, yes, he Puliarvi gets that spot, gets to stay there all year. I think he could play well there. But Zach Cassian, even though he didn't play well in the return to play he probably gets the first crack in that spot uh the wild card here might be james neal who can play both wings and there's really no not much room for him on the left side in the top six so maybe james neal makes a push there to play with nugent hopkins and and connor mcdavid as well but that right side outside of yamamoto alongside dry saddle is pretty much in flux i think heading into camp let's jump on the hamster wheel for a sec here dustin jesse pooley you mentioned them uh Obviously, I know you're a huge fan of him because you retweet every single goal he ever scores. <laughs> but yeah, it's not many. <laughs> no, well, hey, you're right. Let's be real. But you know, he's coming back. He's got a couple healthy hips. Uh, let's go. With, start with that. But he, where does he fit on this team? It, does he? Did they give him a chance right away? Like you mentioned, maybe they don't. Uh, or does he crack that uh, top line? Is he going to be the fourth overall pick that he's been supposed to be, be in his career? Yeah, I don't know if he ever meets those high expectations that you would have coming in in a draft with you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Patrick Laine and Austin Matthews. And I mean, I think that high-end upside's probably out of the mix here. But once again, and this is why we all thought he'd be back last year, because it's a fresh start. It's a fresh start with the organization. Maybe not necessarily a fresh start with some of the guys who you might not have great chemistry with, or at least haven't shown to have that with so far with Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Even though when he plays with Connor McDavid, actually, it's a pretty... Productful 
pairing. It really is. So I wonder if Dave Tippett looks at that here at some point. But I think the plan, at least what we've been discussing here in Edmonton, is you could very likely see him with Kyle Turris and Tyler Ennis on a third line to uh, to start the season. And then if uh, if Jesse Pugliarvi can you know do a little bit at uh, five on five, like I said, that right side up front is very much in flux. So, I mean, there I would assume probably within the first 10 or 15 games of the season, you'll see him at some point get at least a look with New Jahan Hopkins and, and Connor McDavid. And I think he'd be a great fit for those guys. I and mean, he's a big body who I know a lot of people say, oh, you need to go to the net more. If you watch the goals that he has scored in the National Hockey League, none of them are pretty. I mean, he's banging in a bunch of garbage around the net. So I honestly think that he could end up being a good fit there. And if he does, if he does click with those guys, I mean, the offense production should come for sure. And you mentioned maybe the most important thing. He's got two healthy hips. Like, I'll remember they had a, they had a meeting with the Oilers, uh, and it was Hitchcock and, and, and some of those guys. And they said, yeah, Jesse would always come in and complain about his legs being sore. And, and I mean, it turns out the guy needed to have surgery on both hips. So, you know, he looks like he's moving extremely well in, in Finland. Um, you know, does it click for him? We'll see. I mean, if he, I just hope that... You know, let's say he comes back and in the first 10 games, it doesn't look good. I hope people aren't all over him being like, that's it. He's done again. Like, let's give him some time with a new coaching staff, uh, with new hips and uh, see how he see how he plays. One of the more understated signings in the offseason, but potentially one with a lot of impact in terms of the Oilers lineup is Kyle Turris. Uh, he's coming in. Obviously, we all know that he's had a disappointing career in terms of kind of where he started and how it's turned out. But does he kind of fit the Oilers perfectly and give them a lot of roster flexibility going into next year? Yeah, I think the flexibility that I just mentioned might end up being important because, you know, they sign him projected as a third-line center, which is probably where he starts. The interesting thing is that the guy he's essentially replacing is Riley Shahan, and they're different types of players. Like, Riley Shahan was, you know, you're every every penalty kill. He's out there first. He'll take the important draws for you. Kyle Turris is seen as more of a, you know, semi-driver of a line at this stage of his career on a third line with maybe Anderson and Pugliarvi. But with that being said... Uh, you know, he could be a guy who slides up on the wing in your top six as well. Like if nothing else is clicking and, you know, and maybe Gaetan Haas emerges as a, as a solid bottom six center option and and you're okay with playing Jujar Kara as maybe your fourth line center, then maybe there's some room for Kyle Turris to actually slide up the lineup because we know he's played with skilled guys in the past. Uh, I did not think the Oilers would get him at this number. Like overall, Ken Holland did a very good job this offseason for less than eight million bucks. He brought in Tyson Berry, he brought in Kyle Turris, he brought back Jesse Pugliarvi. He managed to bring in Dominic Cahoon, which a lot of you know, people thought might have been out the window after all the dust settled on their early signings. So you know, he did a pretty good job, and, and Kyle Turris. And we'll see how it goes. I don't know if there's a lot of downside because I don't know if there's a lot of expectations for Kyle Turris right now, but there might be at least some sort of minimal upside. Nice. And, and when you maybe, I guess when we transfer from the bottom six forward group to the four by six and net, Miko Koskinen, when that contract was signed, I mean, obviously it was Peter Chiarelli's kind of last deal. Um, when you hear that the Oilers were in on Jacob Markstrom this year and that they didn't get him, and you got to go back to Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith as your duo, as an Oilers fan, is that the tandem that gives you confidence? Is that the tandem that is able to take you back to the playoffs? Or is it, again, we're going to rely on the guys up front to maybe carry the load? 
Well, confidence is probably the, a bad word. Like, I don't know if confidence would be the best way to do it. I mean, Koskinen, his numbers last year weren't bad. He had like a 917 save percentage. And Mike Smith at one point went on a run where I think he won 12 of 17, which essentially pushed them into the playoffs, really, and had them in second in the Pacific Division. So even with their goaltending last year, which was kind of up and down the entire time, they were still second in the division when the uh, when the season came to a came to a sudden close, so uh, it was good enough to be playoff goaltending last year. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out in a Canadian division this year. If that's what we're trending towards, and maybe for the full season, uh, I don't think it's debatable. It's probably the worst goaltending in in the country. So if that's going to be the case, you're going to need if Koskinen can give you a nine seventeen save percentage again, you're going to be in the playoffs. I, it just it seems like. There are still some inconsistencies in his game that lead us to question him still. Numbers perspective last year, maybe we shouldn't. It'll be interesting to see what the workload's going to be in a in a shortened, compact season with Mike Smith and Mikko Koskinen. Uh, I don't think handing Koskinen the job would be the best thing for him. He seems to do a little bit better when he's fighting for that job. If Mike Smith can provide a battle, you know, maybe they're going to be in an okay spot, but... Uh, you know, the goal t- if they can get goaltending, this team's going to be really good. If they don't, I think they would still have a shot to be a playoff team simply because I do expect McDavid and Drysettle to completely torch all the other blue lines in a Canadian division anyway. So, uh, you know, they've got that going for them. If everything else falls into place, they could actually be pretty good. Yeah, I saw your uh, your video clip about torching the blue lines in the Canadian <laughs> division. That was interesting. Uh, and it's, a, it's an interesting thought because, you know, a lot of people have been saying about the Canadian division, uh, a lot of the playoff teams, sorry, a lot of the teams in the Canadian division could hypothetically make the playoffs mm. in their own division, let alone in a Canadian division. Uh, but it could be a lot of run and gun, like you kind of mentioned in the video clip I mentioned, I'm referring to that I saw you on Twitter. I think it was on, was it your two guys and a goalie that I saw that on? Or who, where did you say that? Yeah, it might have been the oil stream, one of those two. They're, I mean, they're basically the same, just branded differently. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Great sponsors, by the way, that Popeyes. Woo! Popeyes, love me. Yeah, they're Popeyes. delicious. Thank you for that. Yeah, Ooh, get them yeah. on DoorDash and Uber Eats. There we go. Love it. There you uh, go. But you know, just like on the Canadian division, like, yeah, I was going to ask you about that anyway. So go Oilers. ahead. Yeah, like, like it's not just the Oilers. It's Elias Pedersen and Bo Horvat. It's Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan. It's Line and Shifley and Wheeler and Kyle Connor and Tavares and Matthews and Nylander and Marner and you know the Kachuk brothers in various locations. And and <laughs> I mean, whoever Montreal is going to try to put on a power play, I guess. Like, there's a lot of offensive talent in a Canadian division and a bunch of blue lines that I would say are likely average at best when you look around the league. So I, I think a Canadian division, like, I don't want to see this moving forward, but a Canadian division this year, I don't have anything bad to say about that. I think it would be the most entertaining of all the divisions on so many different levels. And, uh, and I think because of that, you know, with the top-end talent that the Oilers have, uh, I think they might end up being in an okay spot. And just to build on what you said about the blue lines, Colin McAnulty out of Ottawa is chiming in, and he says, Matt Murray has less than a 900 save percentage last year in Pittsburgh, and now he's on his way to a worse team. So Sens <laughs> should have the worst goaltending in the country. So, hey, I mean, you don't, you can't, you look at every single, every single radio host across the country, every single reporter is all saying Sens in seventh. Sens in seventh. <laughs> I mean, unless, maybe you can find one for me, Dustin. I'm not sure, but I don't think anybody's saying the Sens won't end up in seventh 
I just think it's nice that we all can finally agree on something in 2020, to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, I, I don't see anybody debating that. I'm, I feel sorry for them. I do think they're, they've got like some pieces heading in the right direction, but yeah, if, if somebody else finishes dead last in the Canadian division, they should be ashamed of themselves. It's that simple. Yeah. And maybe that could be their new slogan. Ottawa senators uniting the country <laughs> one season at a time. <laughs> Look at that, eh? uh, you got one more, Max, and we got to let you go, Dustin. Yeah, for sure. And so, Dustin, D Dave Tippett, we alluded to him a little bit earlier. He seems to have been a, a breath of fresh air anyways for an organization that struggled with continuity. Right. We heard Ken Holland say it uh, in his opening press conference. Right. Continuity, consistency. That's what's going to help develop a winner in Edmonton. Does his message continue to stick with this group and to build off, I guess, an undeniable step forward that was taken last season. Yeah, I, I think it does. I mean, Dave Tippett last year, and it's very easy, and we do it for all sports all across this country. You guys with the riders, obviously, in Regina. It's very easy to criticize a coach. Like, it's <laughs> it's so simple to do. And, and last year, throughout the regular season, I did not find myself coming in to do my show the morning after a game and being like, oh, Tippett's going to get it today. Like, <laughs> I thought he managed the goaltenders very well last year. He seemed to always go with the right guy. I mean, there might have been one or two misses here or there, but with how many games were played last year, that was pretty good. Uh, throughout the regular season, I mean, the line combinations weren't really criticized that much in town. I mean, special teams, both power play and penalty kill were excellent last year. A lot of that is on coaching and his coaching staff. Uh, the, so it was weird because then you got to the series against Chicago and he refused to reunite Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, and Yamamoto. And for the first time in his tenure here in Edmonton, everybody was looking at him going, why won't you put that line back together? Like this team won the majority of their games when that line was together. And he waited until there was seven minutes left in game four against Chicago until he did it. And I mean, he's sticking to his guns at that point, I guess, trying to prove a point that he, this team needs Nugent Hopkins and McDavid together in one line and then dry settle and Yamamoto get on another to eventually be successful. And maybe a lesson was being sent there. But literally, if I look back to last season, that's really the only thing I and it blew my mind because he'd done everything so well. It just it shocked me that he refused to go back to it. And that's really the only bad thing I can say about Dave Tippett since he came here. I think he's done a, a really good job. And I think Ken Holland put the right guy in place here. And like I said, I I don't mind Ken Holland's moves in this offseason. So, uh, you know, a step in the right direction, which has not been said two off seasons in a row in this market in a long time. And I, I think you minute. can say that right now. And I think that's that's positive, right? Nice. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, quick, every, somebody check on Kevin Lowe. What's yeah, he doing? Yeah, what's where, he doing? Where's he? Where's he at? Um, <laughs> a couple comments, and then uh, we got one more quick one for you. Mm -hmm. Colin McAnulty uh, out of Ottawa again says, Ottawa's new slogan, we send you Serb checks and Ws for your favorite NHL team. <laughs> I like it. Sean Dufour, nice. <laughs> uh, Sean Dufour, with an all-Canadian division, we should expect to see even less major network coverage of American divisions. Hockey Night in Canada will be exactly that. So uh, it's a good point. Yeah, a lot of Canadian coverage and uh, Canadian network dream. I'm sure Justin's sitting over there being like, "This could be fun. This could be good." <laughs> um, last one for you, Dustin, and this is a quick one. Reverse retros. Good. Did they hit? Did they miss? Meh. Like, where where do you see the Oilers you know, in terms of their reverse retro? I I like I liked them. I mean, I didn't love them. I wasn't like, oh my god, I need to buy five with all these different guys. Like, uh, but I I liked it. I thought there were others that were better. Like the Colorado Avalanche throwback Nordiques thing is just amazing. I have to get my hands on one of those. But uh, so the, the, you see the complete uniform pop up now with the white gloves and the orange pants, and 
I like the jersey. I'm not sure I love the uh, the rest of the getup just yet. I, I need to see those white gloves and orange pants on the ice before I can really kind of tell you my full thoughts because I've never really been a fan of white gloves outside of at the All-Star game. So we'll see if they can pull it off. But I, I do like the jersey. I'd definitely give it a passing grade. Okay, I'll take that. Sorry, last Dustin. one. Yeah, we got one more that we got to go through anyways. Okay, where did the oil finish? All-Canadian division, one through seven, prediction time. Hit it. Man, I'm going to side with McDavid and Dreisaitl and say they finished third. I'll say they finished third in in the Canadian division. I think Toronto will be strong again. I like Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg's flying under the radar a little bit. They got the best goalie in the league and the best top six in the league. And in a short season, that might be able to carry you. And then after that, I honestly think it's wide open between the teams in the West here. And in a short season, I mean, Dreisaitl or McDavid could put up 90 points in 56 games. Like, they really could. So uh, I think I'd have to say that if they get any sort of goaltending, man, they – they, they should be able to be a top three team in the division. I like it. Oh, Dustin, oh. thank you for joining us tonight. We'll let you go and get back to uh, Tuesday night football or whatever else is going on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, thanks for joining us, and make sure everybody check out Dustin on Twitter and everywhere. Uh, he's got a lot of great content. So, Dustin, thanks for checking in with us thanks tonight. Thanks a ton, Dustin. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Have a good rest of the show. Thank you. Of course, uh, our video guests, as always, are brought to you by the amazing team over at IKS Media. IKS is your premier destination for event planning, live broadcasts, entertainment, video screens, and so much more. Visit IKSmedia.ca for more information, and they can make your event the hottest ticket in town. Always the best seat in the house at IKS Media. We're going to hit a break, and we're coming back. We got Sportsnet's Sean Reynolds joining us, and we're talking about those jets that Dustin was just hyping up there uh, after the break. See you then. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Everyday hoop life. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Find us at ddgregina.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada.
Texas premier production services company. LED, LED sign rentals, video, video production, event, event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website, IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. Another reminder to hit that like and share button. We're back from break now here in the Rod, uh, the Rod Peter. That, nope. See? I did it again. Uh, you did? It's the Squadcast Bunker uh, at the Rod Peterson Show studio. But hit that like and share button and comment like crazy. Uh, and send in your Jets questions now, Winnipeg fans. I know you're in there. Uh, hit that like and share, and you're going to be entered to win a $25 gift card to Ballers Rec Room here in Regina. Uh, great value, great place, great entertainment, great food. Can't say enough good things about Ballers. Can't say enough. Nope. Uh, we are continuing our Canada-wide NHL team preview for the month of December as we continue to trek east. Wait, where's east? East. One of the uh, We're heading out to Winnipeg now to be joined by Sportsnet reporter Sean Reynolds. Sean, thank you for tuning in tonight. And uh, how are you doing the, in the lockdown right now over in Winnipeg? I'm doing great. It's uh, we're having. I don't know about you guys, but we're having some pretty amazing December weather. It was plus six today. I don't know if I ever remember that happening at this point of the the season. So yeah, we're you know this get is, out a little bit. It's not so bad. Uh, I, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, this was my outfit today. I wore a hoodie on December. What is it? Eighth today? Something like that. Yeah. Crazy, crazy times. Twenty twenty. I, I went out to the garbage in bare feet. So I'll yeah. <laughs> that's, this is nice. this is my that's kind my of weather. guy. I like that. Um, we're going to jump into the Winnipeg Jets talk uh, very shortly here. Um, obviously, the Jets uh, are coming off, uh, you know, an interesting year. Kayla, go ahead and throw that board up for me, if you don't mind, that preview board. Uh, Sean, take a look at your screen here, coming right over top of your face. We're going to put the Jets preview uh, there. The Jets uh, finished off last season with a 37-28-6 record. That's for 80 points. They're heading into the 2020 season with a hypothetical $0 in cap space. I always say hypothetical because a lot, th- lot of things can change. Uh, they've added yeah. Derek Forbort, Dominic Toninato, Marco Dano, Dylan DeMello resigned, but I'm including that as an addition. Uh, Paul Statsny comes over from Vegas. They lose Brian Little to LTIR. Jack Roslovich is a bit of a question mark right now. And then you got Eakin Griffith, Kulikov, Lapon, and Spasik. Spasek? 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 Yeah. Spasek. There it is. Thank you. Uh, Mark Scheifele led the team in scoring last year, which is great because I have him on my fantasy team. And Cole Perfetti uh, was picked with the 10th overall pick. Let's go back to Sean now. Sean, when I say those names and you see that board... Uh, addition, subtraction, maybe who, who stands out as a name that might impact the team the most? Well, Stastny is the one guy that, that they've really been looking for that number two C spot to be solved on a full-time basis for a long time. And so he comes back into a position that we know he was able to succeed in last time. Um, we know what's been happening in the off season with Patrick Liney and, and his interest in getting out of town. Uh, it's looking more and more as the, as the season gets closer and closer, like he's going to be with the jets. Uh, as soon as they got Stastny, I, I thought that that was a sign that they intended to keep him, uh, and, and put, Patrick Laine with that centerman that he's been looking for or has been looking for since the last time Stastny left uh, and see if he can't put up some real, real big, dangerous numbers. So Stastny, I think, is is a really big improvement for the team 
on that second line. It's going to do a lot for a player like Nick Ehlers, a player like Patrick Laine. It gives, you know, the ability for them to shake up the top six. The Jets aren't really the kind of team that likes to do that. That top line is, you know, almost etched in stone. Uh, or has been in the past, but if they want to start juggling guys back and forth, they're able to do that. The other part about it that I think is, you know, you know, quietly very good in that pickup is Stastny is a really good defensive center, which this team needs to improve defensively in any way that it can. You, you know, we saw what you put up on the board there. The the name that stands out to me on the back end is Derek Forbert, not necessarily because I think he's going to be a major player, but he at least brings some size to a defense core that I thought really got pushed around in the playoffs last year. But I don't necessarily think he makes our defense core that much better. So if this team is going to take steps forward defensively this year, I think a guy like Stastny with his, you know, you know, play from the from the offensive zone to the defensive zone is where you can see maybe the Jets bumping up a little bit in that category. For sure, and and Sean, we've got uh, kind of again Patrick Line. It's funny he's he's been kind of the topic of the off season, especially in Winnipeg. Your last time on the RP show, again, hot topic of discussion. But what type of return? is I guess a reasonable one for a 22 year old who's already scored 40 goals. Um, if he is going to get moved, like you mentioned, the consensus is he's probably going to be staying for at least the start of the season. What type of package or I guess what position are the jets going to have to be in to, I guess, get a reasonable return for a guy like him? Well, I think they do. They, their strength right now is wingers up top. You know, even with 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 the players that they have, if you lose line A, you know, there's a chance Jack Roslick can move up there. Jensen Harkins looked really good, and I think is a guy who could be a real player in this league. Mason Appleton has shown, you know, some steps. So, so they have players that are going to be able to jump into that top six role if they lose that guy. So, really, their strength up front is wingers. If they move Patrick Line, they move from a position of strength. They got to address a position of weakness, and that's clearly the defense i think if you're moving a guy who has the capabilities and i fully believe one day patrick liner will be a 50 goal scorer probably a couple times if not more in this league by the time he's all said and done if you're going to go out and get a guy like that you're going to want you know in return if you need something on d you probably want to make sure you're getting a one one a type defenseman in return now maybe that player is a little bit young and isn't quite there but you want a guy that you can see moving into that role so i i i think it's one of the reasons why we haven't seen a move yet kevin shovel day off uh we've we saw him through the evander kane situation we saw him through the jacob truba situation situations where we knew there were these were talented young players who wanted out and it didn't happen quick it he ground and ground and ground away at that until he got what he wanted and so you can see they've got three more years of team control with Patrick Line, he's not going to go unless Kevin Sheveldayoff gets what he wants in this situation. Probably the best way to do that. Let's be mm-hmm. real. They, they have the time. They yeah. might as well take it. And uh, hopefully you can convince Line that he doesn't need to go anywhere. He can yeah. he can play Fortnite in Winnipeg just fine. The last time a <laughs> I mean, Finnish guy left town, it was uh, maybe not the best thing for the Jets. So. Yeah, yeah, I th- we, we still feel the pain. We still feel the pain <laughs> from that. I, I guess what I was going to say is the one thing that you have to worry about is, you know, maybe the, the chemistry in the dressing room. And so we saw that with Evander Kane when that situation happened. They kept him, they kept him in town, didn't move him after he'd been asking for a trade for a while. And it finally boiled over and came to a head and where they were kind of forced to move him at that point. You don't want a situation like that. I just don't think Patrick Line is the kind of player 
who's going to create that kind of situation. I think he knows the quickest way for him to get out of town is to go and put a whole bunch of pucks in the back of the net and make himself invaluable to a team who's going to come forward and offer a package that is going to lure him out of Winnipeg. And to me, he's just too prideful of a player. Patrick Lyon is not the kind of guy who is going to go into a dressing room and make waves and cause problems and not put his best out on the ice. You're going to get his best no matter what, because he's a prideful guy and he wants to show you his best and he won't accept from himself anything but his best. So it, compared to other scenarios, I think this is a low risk when it comes to maybe upsetting the dressing room. He's very well liked by his teammates. He's got really good relationships there. The fans in the city absolutely love him they don't want him going anywhere so if he comes and plays hockey uh he's going to be just fine uh it's a matter of him wanting out though and and uh as i said on this show last time i don't think that's going to change i think uh, patrick line is already gone it's just a matter of when he is gone for sure and you know fun fact we're talking about timu solani uh kind of the memories of and the pain still there uh sean tomorrow on the rod peterson show tomorrow morning I'm looking at the board. John Paddock is on the show tomorrow. He was the one that traded uh, Timu Solani. So fun yes. connection there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, ask him about that. I, I, I think killed it forever. Yeah, yeah. We we have asked him about that on this on Rod Peterson show in the past, I believe, uh, and he references it all the time. If if you ever talk to him, he's like, "Hey, I'm the guy who traded Timu Solani. So like, <laughs> I can do anything." There's yeah. worse guys to be too. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have a question here. We'll we'll incorporate the viewer viewer questions here. Jamie Anstey is in Halifax, and he is asking, "How many years do you see Nikolai Ehlers playing in Winnipeg? Do you see him being shipped out potentially uh, if he doesn't fit the Jets team formula after this year or?" next he is signed for a few more years i believe uh what do you think about that sean yeah i think he's got good value i think he's got really good numbers uh he hasn't hit the 30 goal plateau yet but he always seems to be sniffing around that mark you know he's the kind of player uh you know guys would absolutely love and i do think that you know before the idea that patrick line wanted out of town i do think that the jets at some point were going to move some of that strength that they had up in the uh in their top six wingers and and uh and move that to try and bring in some help on defense i think he was probably a prime target to be that because blake wheeler is the captain and is going to in in my opinion, I'd be surprised if he didn't retire as a Winnipeg Jet. And Kyle Connor, the organization, is just absolutely in love with the guy. He's not going anywhere. So it seemed to me that he was the guy, you know, you had cost certainty for a number of years. He looked like a player who had a lot of potential that could go somewhere and maybe re- achieve, you know, greater things than he's achieving so far in Winnipeg. I just think uh, with the idea that Patrick Laine is probably at some point going to be moved out of Winnipeg, I think it becomes less likely that you move him. Uh, I don't think you'd want to move him. He's, he's uh, again, he's just one of those players that he gets his hands on the puck and his zone entries and, and zone exits happen. It's, it's a cheat code, you know. You don't have to worry about giving possession away. He just skates it out, skates it into the zone uh, with possession, allows the Jets to attack right off the bat. He's kind of everything you're looking for in a new wave NHL player. So I, I do think that there was a time that, that there, and, and we were hearing a lot of rumors with his name popping up when I think the Jets were looking for help on the back end. I just think now if that move is going to happen uh, with Patrick Lyonnais representatives making it clear that he wants out of town, when that move does happen, it's a lot more likely that Patrick Lyonnais' name is going to be involved. 
Yeah, for sure. And you know what we alluded to a little bit earlier, right? The defense, right? You had Jacob Trubags at last year and it was kind of, that was the start of the decimation in Winnipeg on the blue line and maybe a little bit unforeseen. Maybe it was in the marketplace anyways, but highlighted by Dustin Bufflin's situation last year. Going to this year now into a new campaign, right? Have the Jets done enough to ensure that this blue line, as they currently have constructed, maybe there's a move to be made possibly before the start of puck drop, um, but can it hold up in this potentially ultra-tough all-Canadian division? Um, hold up? I, I don't know. I, okay, if, if you take a look at what they did last year and consider that holding up, then yeah, I, I think they're going to be, be very similar to what they did last year. Uh, they held up last year because Connor Hellebuck was the best goaltender in the league and absolutely saved them despite the, you know, the really high quality chances they were constantly giving up. I take a look at this and I think that most Jets fans looked at what happened in the offseason. They expected uh, uh, Kevin Chevel Dayoff to try and make the back end better. Um, I don't think that we've seen that. Uh, and I think that uh, I, I think the one area where they see if, if I see a pattern out of this team, I think what's going to happen is they're going to go into the season with the team that they have. Um, and they're going to try and get by with what they have, just like they did last year. And they like to try and survive or float or hang around that playoff spot. And then when they get a little bit closer to the trade deadline, that's when they make their moves and try and shore up the, their areas of weakness and try and make a run. Uh, that way. I could see them doing something similar this year. You had mentioned Brian Little not being available. Him not being available means that his uh, $5 million plus contract is available for them to use if they need to this season. So that would be my expectation is the Jets are going to enter the season. They're going to take and give a player like Billy Hanela, uh, who's right now playing over in Finland, who Played, uh, came out of camp with the team last season, really impressed as an 18-year-old. They're going to give him every chance to make the team. A player like Dylan Sandberg may get an opportunity as well. Uh, I've said in the past, so I think this this decor needs to be better, and I don't think it's fair to throw that all on the shoulders of a couple of young players like that. But what I do see is the Jets doing exactly what they did last season, trying to use their opportune scoring that, you know, that, their top six, very, very impressive. Uh, try and win some games like that, win some games with goaltending, stay in the fight, stay around that spot. They need to be around the playoffs. And then if they are going to address things, I think rather than taking real assets and moving them out the door now, they'll wait till they get a little bit closer to the trade deadline and try and make those moves at that time uh, without having to sacrifice any of what they have on paper at the moment. Yeah, for sure. And, and you mentioned it a little bit there, but Connor Hellebuck obviously coming off a Vesna season. Uh, they bring back Laurent Bossois. Uh, so, you know, they've had the same. Now they're going into a season with the same goalie tandem for, I think, the third straight season now. Um, yeah. How comfortable does that make this team feel overall, knowing that, you know, the two guys they have in net have been pretty steady for them the last couple of years? Yeah, Lauren had a bit of a down season last year. He would be the first one to tell you. But, um, I mean, that's the confidence that this team has. They, they've known that for a long time, that, uh, that when things get rough, they've got a guy who's quite often bailing them out on the back end in Connor Hellebuck. And I think it's, it's interesting, uh, two years ago when he was nominated for the Vesna and didn't win and he signed that contract, uh, a lot of people were worried and that, you know, I did a lot of radio shows and people were asking about that contract and maybe if the Jets had thrown a little bit too much out there just based on that one season that he had. The one thing I know about uh, Connor Hellebuck is the guy just 
he he he's so obsessed with getting better and we can say that about you know pretty much any nhl player it's the one thing they all have in common but he really really is near the top of the pyramid when it comes to those guys who just push and push and push themselves he's not going to be happy with he did with what he did last year he's not going to be one of these goalies who sneaks up wins a vesna trophy and then kind of disappears he's one of those guys who wants to retire with four or five of those trophies on his mantle and is going to be putting in the work to get there so i take a look at what he's done in two of the last three seasons and say that there's no reason for me to believe that there's going to be any kind of drop off or steep drop off in him so uh, again he's the big giant eraser that corrects a lot of the mistakes that have happened on the Jets back end last year and even at times before that so you've got that to lean on uh, to, to go back around and answer that question the Jets are supremely confident with him back stopping them and it really does in my mind make them a dangerous team I think a lot of teams around the league would look at $6.16 million for a Vesna winning goalie and be like, yeah, we'll, t- we'll take that. Yep. Uh, sure. so yeah. Yeah. I think they're probably happy now, I would imagine. Um, yeah. Now, Max, you have one about Paul yeah, Maurice. Yeah, here. absolutely. So, yeah, from on the ice to behind the bench, Sean, and I, I mean, this has got to be fun covering the team anyways with Paul Maurice being arguably one of the most quotable coaches in the entire league. In your time covering yeah. the team, maybe give us your highlight of his best soundbite. What's the one that sticks out in your mind the most uh, as far as uh, your time covering the team? And additionally, what do you think his main message is uh, to communicate with this Jets team on day one of training camp, which is looking like it's going to be soon? Oh, I'm not good with quotes. I'll say this, though. I just one of one of my favorite Paul Maurice moments. Um, he's just so engaged with the reporter pool. And that's why you get the great clips that you get from him because he's, he's willing to engage and he wants to engage and he wants to kind of, you know, elicit laughter or elicit the response that he's getting. And I just remember, uh, personally talking with him, uh, a storyline that we'd followed a couple of years back about Andrew Kopp, how good of a, a high school, uh, quarterback he was and how good he, he was as a football player. And, Paul Maurice was was up on the the stand talking about it and he said like seriously like google this guy and go look at some of his highlights so in the middle of the scrum I kind of turned to my computer and started typing in and and looked at some of the stuff that he was talking about and he's just so engaged that through a room full of journalists he looked over and saw that I was actually doing what he'd said and googled it and he was answering mid answering a question and kind of stopped what he was doing he's like yeah yeah okay and then he just left and walked down to come down beside me and everyone kind of came over and we all just stopped and huddled around the computer and watched these these highlights of Andrew Kopp throwing long bombs and and running around the football field and it's just that that kind of that kind of uh accessibility that he has where he's just you know he, he asks you to do something and you do it and he's like okay this is what i was talking about and he kind of wants to come and show you and be a part of the whole thing he's he's really uh you know as as a host on hockey night in canada we'll go in the the, the you know the afternoon before the game is coming um and and uh you know we'll have you know gary galley or greg millen or a lot of the people who are over to, to cover the game and he's he's just so good i know with paul that i can ask him a question behind the scenes and he'll know from knowing me um that i'm trying to get him to give these guys a, a lesson or something that he'd said in the past that i think is just really gonna you know allow them to tell a really good game story and he's great at that you'll ask him something and he just 
it's it's he's the ultimate you know lob one in for him and he'll hit a grand slam and that's that's what he does you ask him the question and he'll just go and, and you can see uh, i like to i like to think that when we do our uh, hockey night in canada broadcast with the jets we tell really really good stories throughout the throughout the uh broadcast and paul maurice is an absolutely huge huge part of that to get back to the question you're talking about the team i think the message is just always the same with this winnipeg jets team it's always effort 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 and that's why paul maurice's teams usually last year years before that you usually get the best that you can out of those teams because those teams consistently give their best. That's one thing that he's really great at doing. It's one of the reasons he loves Blake Wheeler as a captain because Blake Wheeler is constantly pushing to get everything he can get out of himself. And if people follow, they're going to get the best out of themselves. So that's always the message that you get out of Paul Maurice is that if everyone there, despite what talent levels there are, despite what holes there are, if everyone there is, is pushing or pulling on the rope as hard as they can, the team's going to have success. And that's why you've seen that from this jet ski. John Ohm in Winnipeg is watching and he says Paul is amazing. Clap emoji. Truly a special man. Uh, he loves the the talk. He's actually blown up our comment wall. Yep. Just for John <laughs> uh, Connor is dedicated. What's what's with the rumor of line A to the Kraken? Uh, the Jets need to make more moves. Brian Little's officially, yeah, and John Ohm's taking over the show. Um, but um, uh, we'll we'll save the Kraken questions for next time we have you on, Sean. Uh, we got to do well, this because. Oh yeah, okay, go ahead. No, if you have on. something, go ahead. Well, my colleague Ken Weeb and I actually were just doing some work on that. And the interesting part about that, and I said this the last time I was on the show, one of the problems with moving Patrick Lyon is you need to move a guy who's going to make a lot of money, and everyone's having money problems right now. And next year, based on however this season goes, it may be the exact same scenario, which means there's not a lot of dance partners if you want to trade Patrick Line and if Patrick Line wants to be traded. The Seattle Kraken, however, are going to be a team that is going to be wide open and will be able to take on that kind of salary. So Kenny and I, and there's going to be some work that's going to be, uh, um, uh, we're going to be posting online where we talk about this, but we talked about the fact that, you know, that could be a potential trade partner for the Winnipeg Jets as long as they could find something that would, that would be, uh, the Jets would want coming back their way. But the, the tough part right now is money. And Patrick Lyon is going to get, is already making a lot of money. He's going to get paid a lot more by the time it's all said and done. The hard part is finding teams that have the money to take them on. And the Seattle Kraken are a team that are going to have, wide open page to do that uh we we were talking earlier before the show about uh cole perfetti um and obviously he was kind of the bell of the ball for the jets in the 2020 draft um in terms of the overall prospect pool for the jets not a lot of people talk about the jets as a team that has one of the better ones in the league but who are some of the names right now uh, around the prospects, whether they just got drafted or maybe a couple years ago, Christian Veselainen, and I'm thinking of a name, someone like that. But um, who's a name that's getting Jets executives or, or people around the team excited right now in that prospect pool? Well, I think Vili Hainala is is the biggest. I mean, he he was very impressive in his ability to put up points in his short stint with the Jets last year. He's a small guy, and he was playing as an 18-year-old, so the worry with small guys like that is how they'll be able to play in the man's game, and he didn't look like he had any trouble with it last year, and now he's gone out and had a year to put, you know, beef up his frame, and, and uh, there was a little bit of concern after he left the Jets because he went back to Finland and, and 
didn't seem to be performing that well, at least wasn't putting points up. But now this year in his season, he's really putting points up and is very impressive. Uh, looks like he's going to be uh, playing with the uh, team Finland uh, junior at the, at the world juniors. Um, so if you want to see why the jets, uh, the jets brass is excited about him, take a look at him there. Christian Veselainen is another guy I checked in with the scouts recently because he's starting to put up some numbers and kind of find himself. He kind of reminds me of Jesse Puglia-Yarvi uh, in that things just really went sour for him right away when he came to North America. And maybe going back home to Finland is exactly what those players need to kind of rediscover their game. It looks like in the case of both those players, uh, Puglia-Yarvi and, and also um, with Christian Veselainen, that they're getting their feet underneath them talking to the jet scout so there's still that big question mark of of whether you know uh is going to be able to have that translate on north american ice and they haven't seen that from him yet um they haven't seen what they would have hoped to see from him at the ahl level so he's a guy that you know he's big if you see, he, he can put up some really, really nice plays. He, he's a highlight reel type player. He's strong. He shouldn't have any trouble playing the man's game, but something just isn't clicking for him. If he can get that to click, he's the kind of guy that could really look like a steal, even though they took him in the first round. <laughs> Two more for you, Sean, and then we'll let you go. These are quick hitters. But uh, first one, we're asking all of our pundits across this Canadian tour, all Canadian division, where do the Jets finish? I've got them finishing fourth. Fourth, okay. Is yeah. You I know, have them it, finishing. I don't know fourth. if this is a Canadian thing, Sean, but everyone <laughs> seems to be saying third and fourth so far. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> nobody's jumped up to the mass saying we're rolling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of feel like I'm just you know like sandwiching in the middle there and not trying to to cause waves. But I, I, I take a look at it. And I think a lot of people think that Toronto is gonna. I, th- I think that's why you're not getting a lot of people saying that, that they're going to end up first. I, I do think the Jets are going to struggle like they did last year with their with their defensive uh, uh, framework. So I think that's going to be an issue. I take a look at a team like Edmonton. I think they're going to be a little bit better than they were last year. Uh, Toronto looks to be okay. I think that Calgary has made some nice pickups um, and could be strong. Uh, depending on what kind of performance they get from, you know, the Monahans and the Goudreaux. And, you know, based on uh, what they did in the playoffs last year, Montreal looks like they could potentially be figuring something out. But they look like that every year during the regular season and then seem to have problems. But I, there, there's enough teams there that I think are making pushes that I think the Jets, as they are constructed with their defense, are a team that's going to be, you know, trying to duke it out to get that fourth and final spot. Uh, add some... Add some uh, beef on the back end and I think that totally changes anything I think taking a look right across the Canadian division I don't think there's a group of players when you take a look at that nucleus of the Shifleys and the Wheelers and those guys who really you know learned how to perform in the playoffs over the last couple of years um, I, I think that they, they're dangerous in the way that I think they know playoff hockey better than any other team in the Canadian division, which could make them a very, very dangerous team. And I think that they're, you know, again, always seem to be pulling on the rope at the same time, which is going to get the best out of them. I just, that back end is, leaves too many question marks for me, which is why I think they're going to be duking it out for that fourth spot. I like it. Yeah. Right on the bubble anyways, but you know what, to finish it up, Sean, again, thank you very much for your time tonight. Clark and I were talking about it before the show, an awesome little social clip of Timu Solani donning their new reverse retros. We got to get your opinion on it. Where did the Jets either succeed or fail in your eyes in terms of their reverse retro release? 
Okay, it takes me time to adjust to these things. I remember when I first saw the Jets logo when they came out with it, I didn't like it at all. It, to, to me, it looked like you know curling ring circles or it looked like <laughs> yep. a target. And I thought they were literally putting a target on their player's chest. Now I look at it and it's clean and simple. I love it. So sometimes it takes a bit. When they came out with the new reverse retros, I looked at them and I thought, man, what a swing and a miss. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Now they're, they're growing on me now that I see them more and more. They're starting to grow on me. Yeah. Uh, I think the one thing with the Jets is there. it's so tough for them to try and be creative because we are so locked into the nostalgic Jets movement here that, you know, that's why everyone absolutely went bonkers over the Heritage Classic jerseys because they just went old school Jets and people absolutely loved it. And then they did the whites and then they did the darks. And those typically will be most people's favorite two Jets jerseys. Uh, as long as there's the Timu Solani era Jets jersey out there that they haven't really explored and maybe a little bit more so the the, the color scheme of the, the Dale Howarchuk jersey, I just feel like they're not going to be able to do anything. They tried with the Aviators, the Powder Blues. I'm not a fan. And I just think every time fans see it, they're just thinking, why don't you give us what we want, which is the 1993 era jersey or the 88 era jersey. And I just think it's tough for the Jets to, to try and be creative because it, it would be easy to just go back and do that. And I think they want to try and make it their own. It's just so hard to do that because what people want is what they've already had. Sure. And see, when I first saw it, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, eh. and then it's kind of, I saw the picture of Timu and I was like, oh, well, but what I said from day one, if they would have just made that red instead of gray, I feel like it would have yeah. been an entirely different Jersey. Yeah. I don't think they've gone red much in their history, have Not they? Not as the main base, no. No, no. no. So no. I thought a red might be and really it, interesting. Arguably, it would have fit in better with the reverse retro theme as well, right? When you're taking a look at the teams like the Devils, where they, you know, took the the striping of the green and made that the mm -hmm. the jersey, you know, that's that's the striping of the red would have made sense. I, and I've heard it before. Um, I don't know. There's just something I like about it with the when you see the and you guys mentioned it in the in your last interview when you see the full getup. Um, just the way that the white striping off, it plays off the darkness. I, I need to see them out on the ice in the game to really, to really get, give a full opinion. But mm -hmm. I'll tell you right out of the gate, I thought, oh boy, they blew this one. I'm liking it more and more every time I see it. All right. Well, Sean, I'm liking this interview more and more as we got into it. So thanks for joining us tonight. It was an awesome chat. We really appreciate you checking in and giving us a breakdown of the jets. Thanks a ton, Sean. And anytime guys, thanks for having me. All right. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to embarrass myself with NFL picks once again in Squad Select, and My I'm really looking forward to it. It's time of the week. Oh, it's God. like Christmas every week. So anyways, <laughs> John Ohm is just blowing up our wall right now. He's loving the questions. He's loving the Heritage jerseys. Thank yep. you for your questions, John. John Ohm, You've got great questions. Now here's a question, John Ohm, for you, since you're blowing up our wall. Mm -hmm. I know you're locked down right now in Winnipeg. Can you make it to Regina if you want a $25 gift card to Ballers Rec Room? Because you hey. might you might be in line to win That's this if, if you can. But let us know, and we'll come back after the break with some NFL talk. See you then. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. 
From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Everyday hoop life. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Find us at ddgregina.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event. Event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. We are back, and we have determined, I believe, the winner for our Ballers $25 gift card. John Ohm out of Winnipeg says, I have friends in Regina that I could gift it to. So, John, we are giving you the gift of amazing food, amazing entertainment, and uh, you can give it to somebody. We'll DM you. We'll talk in there. Clark loves the pizza balls. That's all you need to know about I recommend the pizza balls. My God, you guys. Home run fuel. So good. For Clark. (laughs) We're getting into our squad select here for week 14, which we're not even out of week 13 yet because they're playing right now, the Cowboys and the Ravens. But we're going to get into our picks for this week. Uh, I don't know. I didn't hear Kayla. Are you sure you want to? Nope. Are you sure? I didn't hear Kayla and Jordan making any bets in the back room today. So we might might have some time to talk about this. We might have a little bit of wiggle room. Now, we were talking, Max, uh, after last week. And, you know... (laughs) I thought I was doing okay. You know, it was going okay. When and did then, you think you were doing okay? Well, I won the first two games. The, oh, yeah. the Patriots. I picked the oh, Patriots. Oh, you meant for the week, not the entire Kayla, thing. can you put last week's uh, squad select up for us, please? So I picked the Patriots to beat the Chargers, and they just went off uh, 45 nothing. I picked the I Colts. I love how you start with your best game of the week. Yeah, yeah. I, I picked <laughs> the Colts to beat the Texans. Uh, they won. Barely. Barely, but they won. It counts as a win. That's right. Uh, The Browns. So are the Rangers. The the Titans and the Browns, that really didn't go my way. Uh, The Browns beat up the Titans, but the Titans almost came back. They did. They did. That was actually interesting because I obviously wasn't. Garbage time ish points. The Browns, like, they had. But wasn't wasn't it within six? It was within six. 41 35? Yeah. 
So, I mean... Titans just wanted to cover the spread, that's all. Oh, that's what it was? Yeah. And then you picked the Raiders and Jets, and you had a oh, heart attack. Oh, you I You had did. a heart yeah. attack about that one. Yeah. Lions-Bears, you had a heart attack about that one. Yeah, I thought... Yep. Mm-hmm. So you, but, but the thing is, is that that's just how this squad select has been going. Exactly. You won both of those, whereas yep. I would have lost both of those. And then you picked the 49ers-Bills. You picked the Bills, I should say. Uh, and they won. Yep. And then in our showdown game, uh, it wasn't really that close. The Rams no, beat the it wasn't. Cardinals. We absolutely decimated them. Tanner knows what it is. How do I yeah. touch my hat? There it so is. I'm just having a hard time now. With you went you went four and zero, so you picked up another two games on me. Yep. So with the records in mind, that puts you up by eight games. Not uh, bad. It's a, with it's a comfortable. Cushion. With what is it now? With we're in week 14 this upcoming week. Uh, so how many more games do we have left? Three weeks uh, or four weeks of games? Yes, we got week 17. If you guys oh, no, can sorry. believe it. Sorry, it, week 16. Uh, if our yeah, viewers can believe 17. it, we are almost done the NFL season. We didn't even know if we would have one this year. And it's we're crazy. almost done it. It's already week 14, guys. So week 14, 15, 16, and 17, yep. right? So we have four weeks left of picks, and I'm down eight games. So if you look at the math, if we only do four games a week, there's a very small chance that I'm catching up. Like even if I go four and zero and you go zero and four, that's only half, and I got to do that more than once in order to catch up. And I'm fully admitting that Max is killing me in this contest right now. I'm fully admitting. Uh, and one thing that we maybe should talk about after Max is that this is going to transition into hockey picks. Yes, we're going to do Saturday night hockey picks. Now that we have hockey to talk about, this yes. is that's how this is going to transition. Not do we carry over the record? And just keep it going. Sure. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. Do, do you? Do you? This want is a to live. Dis- this is a live discussion here, Clark, people. Do you, do you want? No, to I do think that? we should do like NFL, <laughs> NHL. We should split it up. Awesome. But it's just a thought. Maybe we can talk about that later. But what I'm getting at in this all of this discussion is that we are going to extend it. Yes. We're going to add games. At least this week. We'll see how it goes. Well, especially since we have time. Jordan and Kalen got nowhere. Yeah, they they didn't bet on anything. I didn't hear them, so we should have some time. But what that means is that we are going to pick three battle games where we pick a team in the same game. Uh, How's this right. going to fit on the graphic? That was you're going to have to. I'm going mean, to let okay, you do that. I'll That's your thing. It I'll deal with it's it. It's your graphic. You can fix it. I can do it. Uh, and then three games as we normally do, where I pick a game for Max and he picks a winner. But what <laughs> this is going <laughs> to, I shouldn't have said it that way, but it, it came out truthfully. <laughs> it did. One of the things that w- what this is going to do is allow us to have more head-to-head matchups, which could lead to either you turn you obviously. Extending your lead. Clark, can you please be honest with the people and tell them exactly why we were doing it this way? Or me catching up. I'm so far behind, I need a chance. So if I if I can win all three battle games, that gives, you know, obviously a chance to catch up. If I don't do that, I'm, there's no chance of me catching up. So Max has, has agreed that that's how we're going to do it this week, at least as a trial run. I'm a gracious competitor. So we're going to do three games each in the draft and then three battle games. Now, Kayla, can you put up the schedule for us, please? Now, this is going to be pretty full because there's a lot of games this week. And yes. I there the Monday night game is not on here. Just a reminder. So for those scoring at home, the Ravens-Browns game is not represented on this list. But it is included potentially it's if one play. of us wants to give it. The only one that's not is Patriots-Ramps, correct? Right? We don't do Thursdays? Oh, we can. We did oh, last we week. We did the last we did. two weeks. We've well, done the last two weeks. Since special. we've done the live drafts on the show, we have included Thursday night. So Thursday is in play, but this is how we have to do it. We have to pick three battle games now that are right. going to be games where I pick a team in the game and he also mm-hmm. picks a team in that same game. Yes. So the first one we're going to do, just to get it out of the way, is Broncos-Panthers. They're both 4-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. They're both different uh, weirdness of teams. Yes. The Broncos have quarterbacks again. 
Mm-hmm. So Broncos, Panthers, and since I created this format, I'll let you pick the first team in this one because I'm honestly fine pretty much either way. It's an interesting game. I won't Google it because we don't have the time for that. Is Christian McCaffrey back? Do you know? Uh, I, I actually have no idea. You know what? I I'll, don't believe so. I'll go with Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers in this okay. one. I don't trust Drew Locke as far as I can pick. Probably a good call. I'm going to take the Broncos on that one. So I got Broncos. You got Panthers in our first battle game. Deal. Second battle game is, what did we go with? Uh, well, we'll save that one for our third battle game. Right. Second battle game. Now, I don't know. Did we pick one? Uh, there was Texans Bears we might I knew do. we forgot something in the pre <laughs> Yeah, we totally forgot. Chiefs Dolphins might be interesting. Uh, Vikings Bucks, Patriots Rams on a Thursday. I thought we did. Do you want to do one. Patriots Rams or how are you feeling about your Rams this week? Well, I feel fantastic about them because they're an incredible football team, but, yeah. you know. And the Patriots just came off a big win for me. You know what might be an interesting one? What are you thinking? Tanner Rings, pathetic Arizona Cardinals against the New York Giants that are kind of coming Cardinals, along. Cardinals Giants. Here. And okay, and what are you thinking? Now, now, for those who don't know, we had a group chat the other day, and me and Tanner were kind of vibing on some stuff. So, are you going to allow me to take the Cardinals, and you'll take the Giants? Well, if that's the way you want to pick it, sure. Okay, I don't know if you you watched Kyler Murray last week, but I don't think you got to pick last game, so I get to pick this game. So I'll go Cardinals, you go Giants in that battle game. I might hate myself for offering that one. Hey, you said it. (laughs) Who knows? You know what? The Cardinals have lost three of the last four. They barely beat the Bills. True, they suck. And the Giants are doing something. Uh, and our third and final battle game is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers and Buffalo Bills on Sunday night football. Oh, and I get the selection here, hey? Technically. We talked about this a little bit with our uh, fearless leader, Darren DuPont, before mm-hmm, the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I kind of like what he's spitting right now. Okay. He's all about them. Nobody circle those, circles the wagons. Like the Buffalo Bills. I'm mm. going on the Bills on this one. You're they, jumping in the Bills Mafia. I'm huh? jumping in Bills You're crushing Mafia some tables. right through the table. All right. And I'm taking them. I'll take the Steelers. I totally am understanding what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, and that one could be a Bills win, uh, especially it sounds like some people have figured out the Steelers. So. That's kind of one of those ones where, it's again, we're lucky this week as opposed to previous weeks. We've actually yep. got some games that are going to be have some meat on them here. Yeah. And I think the Steelers coming off a loss. I think it's anybody's game. Sunday just, Night Football, baby. I think the baby. Bills are vibing, man. So I get to give you the first game then since yes. you picked that one. Mm-hmm. The first game I'm going to give you is... Falcons Chargers because I don't want you to give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent strategy. That's, yeah. that's a super super smart strategy. Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking? Oh jeez. Falcons Chargers. Are you kidding me? Oh, I've said so much stuff about your Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alan, what's the joke? Twenty-eight to three. I think I saw it a little earlier. Alan, Alan was calling our, you a lumberjack earlier. He was calling me. I will take that. That's a compliment any day of the week. Twice on Sundays. <sighs> The Chargers just got absolutely embarrassed. Yep. And I haven't won with the Chargers when I picked them this year. So that means I'm due. Okay. And I do not trust your Atlanta Falcons. So I will go with Justin Herbert. I will go with Anthony Lynn. I will assume that they are going to bounce back in this game, and you guys can slip further into mediocrity. Okay. Goodbye, Falcons. Okay. Speaking of Alan the intern, he's texting me right now as if he doesn't realize that I'm on air, Alan. Jeepers. <laughs> Anyways, go on. Oh, Tanner, first Tanner's having issues spelling tonight. Great yeah. pick, Amarki, and yeah. Carjizens. He might have had a few uh, original had a 16s. Of cocktails. Who knows? Yep. 
Clark, I would like you to go between the Washington football team and our good friend Brian Snow's San Francisco Forty. Oh, I was looking at that one as a potential battle game, actually. And that I, one would have been a good I, uh, one. I kind of was thinking, I actually forgot that that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington football team. Jordan's favorite team because he loves Jordan's he loves breaking team. down the football team. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, and the 49ers at home. I absolutely hate Washington. I, I know Alex Smith is coming back and it's a great story. They just story. beat the only undefeated team in the league. I know. How do you hate them? I just, I hate them. I hate that team. I always have. And I just can't, I can't bet on them. I got to go 49ers. Brian Snow, please give me something, Brian Snow. I'm, I'm Uh, Niners. (laughs) May the Brian Snow, uh, all the power of Brian Snow be brought upon this (laughs) game for the 49ers to win this game. Uh, I got to go 49ers. I just, I just hate Washington. You hate everything about that team right now. That's fair. Yeah. Right now? What do you mean right I've, now? I've just ne- beat the... I know. <laughs> do I need to say it I'm saying times? this season, the okay. whole franchise, everything about Okay, it. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Um, game sense. for you. I'm yes. going to give you... Should I give you Jets again? <laughs> don't give me that kind of... I don't know if I could... I had like... I don't oh, know if man. Tums help a heartburn or a heart attack, but I was... I had like six Tums during that game. I don't know why, but I think it was because it was a heart attack or some sort of thing going on with the heart. Who's the starting quarterback for the Bengals right now? Not Joe Burrow. Is it Colt McCoy? Or what team is he on? It's like Brian Finley or something. You really got to give me this game? As Deion Sanders would say, ain't nobody care about this game. Uh-huh. Ain't nobody care about this game. Uh-huh. Um, it's an awful game. Okay, I'm going to give you Vikings Buccaneers. Thank you. Okay, I will take that one. The Bucs are going to win that one. Because you've been betting reason. on the Vikings a lot of time. I when know, I when I was Vikings talking games. smack about the Bucs before, I'm not sure if they're a real team or not. Vikings are going to need a couple of wins to get in the playoff mix here, but I think Tom Brady's got some demons to slay. Okay. And it's at 12 p.m. on a Sunday. It's not at past 7 o'clock at night. Right. He's 43. He's old. He needs to go yeah. to bed. Sorry, just kidding. For people just coming dance. off his morning prune juice. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yep. We're going Brady in the Bucks. Back okay. on the Bucks train. Okay. All right. Clark, I'm going to do it to you. Great. Only because you did it to me. Great. You what, did wanted, I, what did I do? <laughs> uh, well, you gave me your Falcons. So oh. take take my Rams or take the Patriots. Oh, the okay. Okay. I didn't think you were going to give me that one. I was hoping you were going to give it to me and be a friend. So the I Patriots the are coming off a 45 to nothing win with Cam Newton throwing for a very nice 69 <laughs> yards. Jordan will like that one. Nice. Very nice 69 yards, Cam Great. Newton. One touchdown pass. Uh, there he is. He's chiming up back there. He woke up. Um, but uh, you know what? The Rams defense at home, uh, not that, again, home field advantage right now is it, is it really there's, a There's thing? no fans. But the Patriots are traveling across the country. They are. And they're going to be playing a Thursday night game after just playing a Sunday, so they don't have a whole lot of rest. I'm going to take the Rams. The Rams. Got to go with the Rammers. Hey. Team Ramrod. I like it. Team Ramrod. What are we at for picks? I have no idea. With these six uh, games, I have, So we are five teams deep now on each side of the board. Okay, so I got to give you another one, and you got to give me another one. Yes. Is what I'm getting at. That's Okay, I'm going to give you Cowboys Bengals. <laughs> I'm not going to watch this one. This is awful. That's okay. Just put it on the board. Oh, my gosh. Cowboys, Bengals. And again, I don't even honestly. Cowboys are playing tonight. Who is the Bengals starting quarterback right now? Brian Finley or Ryan Finley or something. Is it him or is it? Where's Colt McCoy? Colt McCoy's in in New York. He's with the Giants. Oh, he's winning games with the Giants right now. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Bengals won the last time they met in 2018, if that matters to you. NFL.com coming up with boring, great statistics. Awful football game. Yep. Ugh. But yep. It's, it's kind of a hard one to pick. There's no automatic here. If Joe Burrow was in the lineup, I'm taking oh. the Bengals all day, twice on Sunday. But mm-hmm. 
Andy Dalton. Take the bangles. You see the hair color, Andy? Do it for us. Do it for the gingers. Is Andy starting? I hope so. I Otherwise, think so, Otherwise, that yeah. made no sense. No, I think he is. Let's go Cowboys. All right. Taking the Cowboys. Last game. Last game for you, Clark. Who you got for me? I, I saw an interesting one here, but I just got to qu- do a quick scan through here. Uh-oh. Scan through. Uh-oh. Quick scan through. This could get dangerous, folks. It is. And you know what? It's because I really want to see this happen to you because it's kind of a hard one, and I think you just might have lost it, and you really wanted to give it to me, but you didn't, and I would like you. To go with the Browns and the Ravens on oh, Monday night shoot. football. Browns, Ravens. Yep. So you're making me wait all this time. Browns, time. Ravens, Browns at home. Ravens are weird. Ravens got to win. I'm jumping on the Baker train. Put you're, me. You're on the Baker, Baker train. Baker's man. Where is patty cake, this patty is, cake. This is going to be Baker's a fun graphic man. to build. Bake me a cake as fast as you can beat the Ravens. <laughs> I think that's what we're going with. Is that the nursery rhyme you're reading to the daughters tonight? Yep. I like uh, they're already asleep. Oh, hopefully, hopefully. Emma was supposed to watch tonight. My oldest daughter, and she didn't co- comment. So now I'm kind of sad. But do we yeah. blame Amy on that one? Uh, no, no, I never blame my wife for anything. You are smart. <laughs> <laughs> we'll clip that. You can tell Clark as good. Thanks, Jordan. Um, yeah. Anyways, there we go. So That's we won't do- select week 14. That was a lot of picks, so we won't do a recap of that one. So if I go 0 and 6, and you go 6 and 0, I'm protesting the format that I agreed to. Yeah, and you, if that happens, if it happens. Uh, you have the right to go back to the old format. That's where I'm. That's where we're going at with that. Gotcha. So if you if but you're, you're like, keeping hey, the six and zero record. Well, yeah. Had- <laughs> <laughs> We've agreed to this. This this week we're doing the extra games, so I have a guys. Chance. Here's how the text exchange went. It was Clark, like you know those little sad dog eye emojis or whatever it was. Jordan, this is story time. What is Jordan yelling at us again? I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> oh, I could Clark sing Let It Go. Sing, let it Jordan go. Blodgett says Clark's going to sing Let It Go. What's I the could. one off the new one? What's the one off the now, new Frozen movie? That's um, on your top four of Spotify. Into the Unknown. Oh, I've never heard that song. Alexa, play Into the Unknown. How many things did I just set off? Not many, not many people no. are. Uh, <laughs> if you watched, if everyone did their Spotify wrapped on the, season, on the year 2020, my top five songs because of my daughters are all Frozen soundtrack songs. <laughs> Into the Unknown is right at the top. It's you know. fantastic. I've listened to uh, like 1,800 minutes of Into the Unknown or something like that. Crazy. That's, 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 a, hel- that's a healthy amount. Healthy dose. Healthy amount. Yeah. Um, we got to talk about our friends over at RBI. I believe, yeah. Do we know? Um, so, yes, we do. RBI. Of course, I'm wearing their Out Hustle My Yesterday shirt. I love these Great guys shirt. over at RBI. There, look at that. It's like the same color and everything. Kayla's paying attention. She is. Jordan's unlike not. Jordan. Um, so there's some fun stuff going on for the Christmas season over at RBI. And they've asked us to uh, help them promote their Adopt-A-Family program. And they're partnering up with Tom Collegiate here in Regina. Uh, so if you are in the Regina area, uh, actually, you could do it from anywhere, really. But they're encouraging their athletes that go there Mm -hmm. and any other members of the community to bring any unused toys, books, stuffed animals, or etc. to our facility. So that's on the east end of Regina out by White City. Uh, Every kid who brings in items for donations will get an entry to win a $25 gift card to Western Cycle Source for Sports. Which is, you can always get stuff at Western Cycle. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got to talk to Western Cycle. Yeah, we uh, please send us a message via phone, Instagram message, or Facebook to arrange drop-off time. And um, they'll be very flexible. If you can't drop off there, they'll figure out a way to mm-hmm. to help you out there. Um, and they can bring athletes can bring when they go to their sessions. They can bring stuff there. Deadline for drop-off is December sixteenth, so that's next Wednesday, December sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the random draw is going to be the next day on the seventeenth. So they have a post on their Facebook page. If you can't help out. 
uh, share it. We would, yeah, if you could go share it uh, to your Facebook page, that would be great. Be that would awesome. help them out. Uh, just go share it, and uh, they're helping out some families here in Regina. So can't really go wrong with that uh, in a Christmas season where a lot of people could use a, a little extra hand, 100%. I think, this year. Great um, initiative Chris has got going on over there. At it. RBI, they rise above the rest, and that's a great example. Uh, so, hey, we're signing off. Uh, we're a little later than last week, so maybe they did bet in the back room. I'm not they sure. They must have. But tomorrow on the Rod Peterson Show, that is the show I obviously produce with director Jordan in the back, uh, the vice president of hockey operations and general manager of the Regina Pats Hockey Club, John Paddock, who traded T. Mussolini back in the day. Uh, he joins us by video chat. And we're also talking Lou Marsh Award and a whole lot more with Sportsnet's Arash Madani. Uh, to next week on the Squadcast, if you're looking ahead to the Squadcast next week, because I know Jamie Anstey's looking forward to this one, mm-hmm. we have... TSN's Joey Alfieri joining us as we move eastward. Uh, we are hitting, hitting him up to talk about the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, and we're also talking to NHL legend, the legendary pest himself, Matthew Barnaby. That's going to be We are going to be having a great chat I'm with Matthew Barnaby. Nervous. Yeah, you are. Yeah. On the Ottawa Senators, because Matthew lives in Ottawa. He's, he's lived in that area a long time, and he covers that team. So we're going to get deep on the Sens with Barney. Uh, So we're super pumped for that. From the basement of the bunker, we are signing off. I'm producer Clark, Mad Max, director Jordan, producer Kayla are in the back, and our friends at Rockstar Supply Chains Solutions, uh, IKS Media, Vigor Lifestyles, Hoop Life Basketball, RBI Baseball, let me just show the shirt again, Out Hustle My Yesterday. Oh my. Uh, We will see you next week here on the Squadcast, because I'm in too deep, and I'm trying to keep up above in my head, and instead of going under, Max... From the great words of Sum 41. Let's go. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.